Welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. This is episode 214 of our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the kinky cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we present Ben Schenker, Poly and Relationship Law. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for loads of information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your host, Woody. Thanks, Max, and welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. The chair next to me is empty. The beast is out on assignment doing fun things without me. But uh, meanwhile, on the line I have Ben Schenker, and he is an attorney in Washington, D.C. Hi, Ben. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm great, and I'm curious. Uh, you specialize in kink law. Well, my focus is on alternative families. Generally, that might include kinksters. Uh, my focus in law is to make sure that no matter what your family situation is, you can feel as secure as possible. So that's a pretty broad spectrum from uh, Polly uh, on through various relationships. Yes, and also, let's say, traditional relationships. But my mantra is, to protect your family, you need to use whatever tools you need to. Remember that single people are families of one, or possibly they have larger families without legal relationships. Legal relationships gets into problems when couples are not married, somebody goes into a hospital, the hospital locks them out. Uh, there's all kinds of things like that going on. There are indeed a lot of problems. I know that in 2016, you had Sarah Abraham on, and she discussed some good tools. I strongly believe in those tools. In fact, I'm about to launch soon, or by the time of this broadcast, I might already have launched a tool on my website that you can use to figure out what estate planning documents you might need, depending on the composition of your family. That is certainly something that's needed to support all of our alternative listeners out there. I hope that it'll help. I, uh, I've actually reached out to a couple of uh, your recent interviewees. It's funny how small the, the poly world can be to see their thoughts and to try and be more inclusive. So I hope that it'll be a help to a lot of people. So that sounds really good. So give us kind of an overview on um, how your system works. With regard to the system I just described, you can describe your circumstances. So are you partnered? Do you have kids? Do you own property jointly with other people? Do you have multiple partners? Are you in a same-sex relationship? Are you married? And depending on how you answer each of these, you will get a different description of why you need certain tools. And I know that when uh, Sarah Abraham was on, she described a couple of tools such as an advanced health directive, a power of attorney, and a will. And those things can be incredibly important. I think I've heard them described as three things that always need to be included. As you mentioned, I am a lawyer, but to any listeners, I am not yet your lawyer. That can change if you want it to. So this is meant to be information and not legal advice. So if you hear anything you're interested in, 
you should talk to an attorney that's licensed in your jurisdiction. And let me add one more thing to this disclaimer. You have very interesting topics with very interesting guests. And this is going to be a drier presentation. And I'm sorry about that. But I think it's really important because if you can be protected when you're living your life, then you can make sure that you can live life to the fullest. These are all important words that you say. And whether it's interesting or not, it's, it's vital information. There's a couple things I want to ask. You're licensed in what area? I have a license in Maryland, in Washington, D.C., and I have an inactive license in Pennsylvania, but I'm hoping to get that reactive. And no, it wasn't because I did something wrong. It's because I haven't taken the requisite CLEs, but I am back on pace for that. So that will certainly uh, keep you busy on the eastern seaboard. We have listeners all over the world and uh, active communities in England, Canada, Australia. And so a lot of the stuff you're talking about will apply in some loose version. Our international listeners don't tune out because we have some important things that we want to deliver here. Absolutely. The actual topic that I wanted to discuss was more specific than just kink law. And the laws in those countries may be very different. I know, for example, in other Commonwealth countries like Canada, the UK, Australia, they have much more expansive cohabitation laws than certain U.S. states might have. But these ideas can be applied in most common law jurisdictions, but they might have slightly different names or have used where we wouldn't. What I had wanted to talk about was how to protect your privacy in case something happens to you. I had a couple of questions that I wanted to ask. Okay, bring it. The first one is pretty clear. Do you have a computer? I know you do because I can see you're on it. We're on Skype. And I'm guessing that you have a password, right? Yes. Okay. Now, in your browser history, is there anything in there that might be sensitive? Anything at all? Depending on who's looking, I'm sure that it is. Okay. Well, that's a really good point. Thank you. Now, in your email account, same thing. And I'm guessing the same answer? Yes. Okay. Now, I don't know. Do you ever use FetLife? I do. Okay. And I'm guessing you use Facebook, too. Sure do. Yep. And other social media. Now, do you have any pictures on any of these places? I do. If you feel uncomfortable answering this, please just let me know. How about any pictures of other people on those accounts? You know, at one point I did, but I went and I took them down because of the direction you're going in this. Okay. Well, that's very good to know, and I think that's very considerate of you, and that's really important. And I'm guessing that you also have pictures on your phone. I do. Okay. Now we're going to get a little bit less vanilla. Do you have any sort of toy that you might be embarrassed by someone seeing, like your mom or grandma, great-aunt Shelley? Sure, I do. Okay. The reason I'm asking these things is that people should have whatever they want to have as long as it's not hurting anyone else. And if they can keep it private to the extent they need to, that's great. But stuff happens. I live in Washington. There are bus accidents often. And we can't always plan for that. So say you were to be in an accident. Now, there are a couple of things that could happen. 
you could get up and you'd say, oh, shucks, I scraped my knee, everything is fine. It could be that you have to go to the hospital. Maybe you go in, they put your arm in a cast, and that's fine. But it could also be that you end up having to go to the hospital and you're in a coma. I don't think it happens as often as it happens in soap operas, but I'm sure it happens. And then, of course, you could be in a fatal accident. The question is, what happens to all of the stuff we just described? Do you have any estate planning documents? I do have a limited set of vanilla documents, yes. Okay, good. Well, the documents that we're talking about, they in themselves are not going to be especially interesting, except for a couple of points. So it's good to know that you have a, a set of limited documents. So let's talk about a generic person who doesn't have one. Makes sense. You're young. You're in the prime of your life. There shouldn't be anything that happens to you. You think, why would I need a will? I don't have a lot of money. I don't need a medical directive. I'm fit as a fiddle. I don't have a power of attorney. I'm fine. There's no reason to do it. Say that an accident happens to that person. If they don't have the documents, what will happen is, this depends on the laws of your specific state. Depending on where you are, someone might need to go to court. For example, to take care of your property. They might need to go to court and petition the court to become your guardian. In Maryland, we call it guardianship over the property. What if you don't have an advanced directive? The question is, what happens? Someone has to go to court and petition to be a guardian, and you call that guardian over the person. If you're incapacitated, if you have thrown off this mortal coil, or however it was said much more eloquently, the same thing has to happen if you don't have a will. Somebody needs to come in to court and petition to be your personal representative or executor, executrix. I like executrix because it kind of sounds a little bit sexier, if you will. (laughs) I like it. The way that that is done is there is a priority in a state statute generally That'll say, okay, here's who can do it. Your next of kin, generally. And it goes down the line, going from your closest relative, who might be your married partner, down through, I don't know, your sixth cousin, seventh times removed. When that happens, you don't have any control over who is that. It's all up to the state law and the courts. So... We talked about your great-aunt Sally. Out of curiosity, do you have a great-aunt Sally? I don't, unfortunately. Oh, well, I mean, I don't either. I wish I were so lucky. So what happens if great-aunt Sally's son, let's call him Dave, what happens if Dave handles or has to handle your affairs? Now, if it's for a guardianship over property, so you're in a coma and he needs to come in to pay your bills, he has to be able to get access to your property. You know, Maybe he needs to make sure that your cats are fed, or your dogs, uh, your lizards, whichever. And to make sure that you're paying your bill, because, I don't know, commercial landlords generally don't care that much how sick you are or your circumstance. They need the money for their property. How dead you are. Exactly. 
Well, we'll get to that in a second, but but you're exactly right. They don't care. You're a dollar sign to them. So he might have to come into your house. What about those fun little toys that we've talked about? He's probably going to see them. There are generally laws that prohibit somebody from breaching a trust, i.e. from using property that they've been entrusted to for their advantage and to your disadvantage. If Dave comes and sees something exotic, I don't know, it could be a vibrator, it could be, which crosses that? The St. Andrews. St. Andrews, okay. I always get that confused with St. Anthony for some reason. He might come in and he might see that. And I don't know, maybe Dave's a stand-up guy. He's not going to be loose-lipped. But maybe he'll tell his mom, Mama Sally, you'll never believe what I saw in Woody's house. And then Dear Aunt Sally might tell her sister, who is your mom, let's say. And then all of that stuff, all of your secrets. Just comes rolling out. Exactly. For privacy's sake, we don't really need to talk about guardianship over the person. But the exact same circumstance can happen if you have met your end. Dave comes in, needs to figure out what bills to pay, who gets grandma's china, etc., etc., etc. The same St. Andrew's Cross is still there. And again... He might just tell his mom, and his mom might tell everyone else. So the question is, how do we stop that? The question is, who gets the cross? Well, that depends. <laughs> I don't know how high of a quality that is. I don't know that people are going to go and do a will contest. Generally, it'll be, if you don't have a will, it goes to your, first it goes to your spouse, then it goes to your kids, goes to your parents. It depends on a number of situations. And there are such things as will contests, and I know that in Massachusetts, uh, it unfortunately happened to a poly person because they said that the poly person, I can't remember her name and I wouldn't share it if I could, uh, let's call her Z, she was supposed to get some property from her partner, A, and A's family comes in and they say, that she exerted undue influence over him by tempting him with sex. The court agreed. And Z ended up getting nothing. I know this because I saw a crowdfunding plea to ask for her help for appeals because generally lawyers are expensive. I try not to charge too much, but you know I still have to pay my student loans. It's business at, at some point here. Right. Now, let's say you don't have that St. Andrew's cross, but say you have stuff on FetLife, your pictures, those are assets. I mean, the same as a, as a photo album. Say you have even worse, and I, think, and I think it was a good call on your part to mention this earlier, say you might have pictures of other people. The other people might be fine with you having them on your FetLife account, because they know that FetLife might be secure. They know that you're a stand-up guy. You're not going to go around showing people who aren't on FetLife, hey, look at this picture. Can you believe that she would do that? Dave doesn't have an agreement with any of those people. This is really about consent. If 
I tell you, I'm fine with you having these pictures and you are careless about them and somebody else gets them, then you have breached their consent because consent is a very personal thing and you are allowed to define that consent. I wanted to explain what can happen because maybe it's my 12 years as a Boy Scout Maybe it's just because I come from a Catholic and Jewish household, so I am anxious all the time, but I always think about worst-case scenarios. So I wanted to explain what can happen with Dave and Sally and her gossiping ways. So all of that happens when you don't have a plan. Now, I know that you mentioned a few moments ago that you have some estate planning documents. Yes. So say you have a power of attorney. If you're incapacitated, then you get to designate the person that is going to make those decisions. Not Dave, maybe Dave if if you want, but you get to decide, okay, I know somebody who is trustworthy and he's reliable and she knows how to handle money. And I also know that this person is not going to be a loose lips. You can say, if in the event I become incapacitated, this person is in charge of taking care of this property. So they'll come into your apartment and they won't care about the St. Anthony's Cross. The same thing with a will. When you have a will, you get to decide who is in charge of determining what happens with your final assets. You also get to say who gets them. I remember you asked, and that's a good question. You get to say, oh, this thing goes to my partner, Sherry, or whichever. That's why these documents are so important, because it allows you to take control and not state laws that were passed by people who are probably already dead. That having been said, there are very specific issues when it comes to digital assets, the photos that we talked about, and even more vanilla stuff like bank accounts, Facebook profiles, all of that. Now, you are allowed to pass those on by will, or at least pass on the custodianship of them. Here is where it gets pretty complex. I remember when Sarah Avraham was on, she taught me some mention of state versus federal laws. In this regard of estate planning, estate planning laws are controlled by the state governments because the Constitution says anything that doesn't belong to the federal government belongs to the states. The Constitution never said that the federal government's in charge of those laws, so they are controlled by the state. There is something called the Uniform Fiduciary Access to Digital Assets Act, UFA-DAA. Go ahead and say that word. UFADA. (laughs) And that was created by the Uniform Law Commission, or ULC. That is a model law. It is something that the Uniform Law Commission suggested be adopted by the states. And I believe that for UFADA, 
only one state, I believe it was Delaware, did adopt it. Then they came back and they said, all right, we're going to revise it. So do you want to guess what that one's called? I don't even want to go there. Try it. RUFADA, Revised Uniform Fiduciary Access, the Digital Assets Act. Of course. Lawyers are great with acronyms. We're not necessarily the most creative type. Apparently, more than 34 states have adopted RUFADA as of the time of the paper I'm writing, so it's hard to tell who has and who hasn't. And even if your state hasn't adopted this one, they might have adopted something else that will handle these things. So that's why it's very important to check in what your local statutes are and to check in and make sure all of this is up to date. And once you've done it, to go back and to review things and to have an attorney who is up to date on this because any lawyer who's passed the bar should be qualified in that state to take care of these issues. But when you use a general practitioner, they might not necessarily be aware of these issues. So that's why I know that Ms. Ibrahim was, uh, or mentioned, had mentioned that she was involved with the NCSF and her Kinkaware professional group. I'm on that. I know there's a lot of qualified professionals that are on there. So you might want to have somebody who is involved with that group, but you also need to have somebody who is aware of estate planning laws because even within estate planning, there are a number of different fields and it is more boring than I can tell you. I'm sure somewhere there's a kink related to that, you know, and if you need to use a safe word, please do because it is boring as could be with regard to those issues they say what a digital asset means i'm not going to give the definition but those things can include bank account information logins to facebook logins to fedlife and here it gets very tricky also because when you go to any of these sites let's take facebook for example you know those terms of use that you just scroll through? Sure. I do too. Yeah. Everyone does. Fine print. Exactly. They will have in there what you can do with passwords. Some of them say it is a violation of the terms of use to give someone else your password. FetLife's I don't remember off the top of my head. I do remember that we're not allowed to have commercial accounts apparently. I was surprised about that, but whichever. In theory, if you give someone else, including your attorney, in fact, that's what the person is called when they have the power of attorney, if you give them that, or that could violate the terms of use, and they would have a right to cancel your account. Now, these state laws generally will deal with that because they accept the fact that you have the right to control what to do with your accounts. So, you know, that's something you have to be aware of. Now, going on from there, the other issue is what kind of property interests you might have on your accounts. So, let's go back to the FedLife pictures. And I know you said you deleted the ones from your partners, and I think that's, again, really commendable. So, those 
pictures, the actual images, those are a type of property. But putting them on FetLife, when you did that, did you think that you were giving them the property? No, I did not believe that I was giving up rights to them. Okay. I just wanted to know. I honestly, right before that, I asked that question, I personally had not really thought of it in that context. I know that on Facebook, they own the property. Okay. Uh, I was, I have not looked into that. Uh, I'll take your word on that. They own the property. If you post it, it is theirs. Okay. Here's the interesting thing about property law. And amazingly enough, there is an interesting thing about property law is it's described as a bundle of sticks because when you own property, that means you have the right to do a variety of things. You know, say I have, so you have your St. Andrew's cross. You can use it as you want or you can give it away. You can sell it. You can lend it to someone. You can lease it to someone. And if you want, you can just destroy it. When there is a third party who holds assets for you, you might be giving them a license to have it. And you might have a license to put things on FetLife or Facebook, meaning that you haven't relinquished any property rights. It's still yours. They're just holding it for you. When you put things out in the ether like that, you need to make sure how that works with regard to the terms of use. Because, say you have some really interesting writing on FetLife, you breach their terms of service. That means they get to take down the account. And what if that was the place where you store your property, where you stored your writing? Maybe you didn't want it on your computer. Maybe that you just had such a good first draft that you figured, that's it. I'm putting it out there. It's done. If they close your account, it is gone, and they have the right to do that. Let me give you an update on Facebook here. You grant a non-exclusive, transferable, non-licensable, royalty-free, worldwide license to use any IP content that you post. Okay. That's good to know, and I appreciate that. So I think what that means, and I don't have the text up on here, it seems to me that what you're saying is they get to use that property however they want. Right. Is, that's it, how you're getting that, that's, it to? That's the way I read it, but they can't give it to anybody else. So they can't give my photo to another company. Okay. That sounds about right. Although I do know that you can always take a screenshot of something even if you're not allowed to make a digital copy I know that some places have it locked down and you can use the snipping tool and whichever. I'm not saying you should do that. I know it happens. And unfortunately, it has been used against poly and kinky people by unscrupulous exes to drag them into court. But, you know, people are adults. They can use, they can do what they want. I just, I want people to be aware because that's only with true and fully informed knowledge of the facts can you achieve consent in one legal sense. So thank you for that update on Facebook. Now I have to, I mean, you did give me extra work because now I have to look that up too. But regardless, 
So we've talked about some of the issues that you can have with these digital assets. And we've talked about, you know, some physical property like the St. Anthony's cross. And St. Andrews. Damn it. Excuse me. All right. I am going to memorize that tonight. Um, We've talked about those tangible assets like that cross. And we've talked about some of the pictures that you might put up on FetLife. But this also applies to things like bank accounts. It applies to your email. Maybe you have something in there that's really important. And I have things that in my personal email that I just save there because I know Google has a ton of storage. And backup. Now, exactly. I love Google Cloud. That's what I use for all of my research. It means I don't have to carry a zip drive around. And they're very generous of that. But you've forgotten your password once or twice, right? I have. And when I forget my Google password, I am really screwed. Indeed. I, my partner luckily has, she's on top of stuff, but yes, it is very tricky. Now, the question is, did stop? Did something happen with the uh, audio? Uh, everything's fine here. Okay. I'm just, it sounds like a different. I may not uh, be on mic as much. Oh no, that's, that's fine. And please, if I'm going on, please, I really appreciate your questions and such. Oh, I know what it is. I, my ears blocked up. Uh, okay. Yeah. Everything's fine. Uh, Audio. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, we were talking about, Oh, losing passwords. Right. So when that happens, when you lose your password, there might be ways to get it back. You can answer security questions. You know, I don't know how many times I've had to tell people that my high school mascot is the Panther, which it's not, but it doesn't matter because you can figure out what my high school mascot is. It's the Seahawks. And they can figure out what your grandmother's or what your mother's maiden name is, the street where you grew up. You can do it, but it takes time. But sometimes people are more clever about that. And there has been a case, and it was really tragic. There was a U.S. service member who was killed while serving, and uh, his parent needed to get information from his bank. And the bank wouldn't release it, and it wasn't because they uh, were being uh, heartless or unsympathetic. That was because banks are, con- are restricted by very severe laws, and that's important for all of us because if banks are going to give things away willy-nilly, we can't trust the banks. And I know a lot of people don't trust banks now, but I generally trust that they're not going to be silly about handing over my personal information. So you need to make sure that you have taken this taken care of. Because, again, it's really rough to think about, but things happen. And especially when you're in a 
polyamorous or kinky relationship where you might have people that really have intense trust in you or you have pe- you have multiple partners that need to be able to trust you. You need to make sure that this is done because you need to be worthy of that trust that they hold in you. So uh, with that, if I haven't bored everyone to death, I've got a couple of tips that are general information about taking care of these things. Okay, let's hear it. All right. So generally, what you want to do is make sure that you have backups of these things. You want to make sure that maybe you have a printout of an important piece of writing or a picture. Maybe you want to have a digital file where it has all of your accounts and passwords you know i know some people use notes on iphone to make sure of that not very secure Uh, no it's not um i mean luckily for me i don't really have anything interesting anywhere so and the really important stuff i have written down uh but those uh i mean and that way you can make sure that it's there because, you know, what happens if, I don't know, you suddenly get amnesia because we're living in soap opera world. You need to just be able to have that. And there are some sites that have what's called an online tool where there is a way to make sure that everything is taken care of. In the past, though, there have been companies that advertised this, and then they were found to violate uh, the laws of certain states with regard to guardianship or wills and trusts. And I know that there's been a new wave of that. So that's an option to do too. And most importantly, I think, is you need to talk to whoever's managing your estate plan to make sure that this sort of information is covered because yeah, maybe you don't have anything interesting on your Facebook. Maybe it's just a bunch of cat pics, which is mostly what my Facebook profile has, but your bank account information is really important. And I can't think of many people who don't have an online bank account. Now, specifically for wills, first, you don't want to have a specific will just for certain assets. And the reason that is, is because I don't know if you've ever looked at a form will, but a lot of times at the end, it'll say, this will revokes all other wills. So if I have a will and then I draft another one, which only mentions those assets, the first one might go right out the window. The And then I think I mentioned a second ago that you want to have a tangible list of your passwords and accounts. Those never go into a will because a will is a public document. Anybody who wants to go down to the courthouse can take a look at it. What you would want to do is have it is maybe, for example, say my executor or per, executrix. I know you like that term. Should go to 
X location, maybe a desk drawer or a safe, and retrieve the list of accounts, and then go to another location where there's the list of passwords. So you want to make sure that you do not put that th- those things in your will. You're making some really broad assumptions that passwords never change or that I update that list on a regular basis. Yes, uh, and I, I didn't mean to assume that. Um, what you can also do is have it somewhere accessible where you can change them when it's appropriate. I know that I was talking to a colleague about the, uh, the importance of powers of attorney, and she pointed out that you know having a power of attorney might be silly because she'd written a power of attorney and then she got married. So she would want her wife to have the power of attorney. And the nice thing about wills is you can amend them easily, you know, as long as you make sure that you haven't undone all of the work. So if you have that list of assets, when you have a new account or you change your password, that you can access it. And you're right. You should change your password frequently because it's the most secure thing to do. Sometimes I... I can't tell you the number of times I've gotten locked out of an account and had to change my password. You want to make sure that you can get it somewhere where you can amend it when it's appropriate. And you need to make sure to remember to do that. There are these password managers that are available. They essentially assign a password to each of the sites for you and they manage it within an encrypted file. And so essentially, once you log in through this manager, you can get to your Facebooks or FetLifes and all these other places. As time goes on, it changes passwords for you once in a while and keeps a fairly secure connection. But that means then you're going to have to give rights to get into that password manager to your estate. You're exactly right. I actually have never, I've tried to use them before. I have not been able to figure it out. But that's a really good idea is having that password manager. And also, I think that it means that you can have them in a secure place available to you when you need it. Am I right about that? Yes, absolutely. Also, passwords need to be much more secure than they are today. I went in and bought some Bitcoin today, which is the first time I've ever done that. All of the passwords that I currently use, none of them pass the security test. And so I had to beef it up a bunch. And so now here's a new list of passwords, the, the beefier version. And uh, so it just makes trying to manage a handful of passwords a nightmare. I can believe that. I remember recently I had to log in because I changed my office. So I had to log into the state bar website. They said I needed to update my password to double the length and include double the special characters. Yep. Now, it's frustrating because, you know, it's another thing I have to remember instead of, you know, my instead of my dead cat's name. Oh, shucks. Did I, <laughs> yep. No, don't worry. It's not, my, it's not oh, okay. my dead cat's name. Okay. But you're exactly right. We need to be much more careful about this. Thank you for bringing up Bitcoins because those are also digital assets that need to be taken care of. And I don't really understand the economics of Bitcoins or how much they're worth right now, but I am assuming that 
they weren't free, right? Oh, they're not free. Uh, they, they cost real money. They have an exchange rate. And the thing is, the way they're managed is very different than anything that we're used to. You know, we have bank accounts that we uh, debit from on a regular basis when we go to the grocery store. Bitcoin actually manages the money on your device. And if you lose your device, you lose your money, which is interesting. Oh, no. It's on one specific device. You can move it around between devices, but it's always on a device. Okay. That's interesting. It, it has some portability, but it does not live in the cloud, which is a very different okay. sort of way of doing things. I'm learning fast and a lot about Bitcoin today. Um, there, there's one other subject I wanted to go down the road of. My relationship is rather traditional. I am uh, married, heterosexual, but then you add the slash where it says poly, and I have uh, three other girls that are involved. When you do that, congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and you can imagine keeping that all straight. You yes. have the situation of um, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, legally, my wife will take care of business. On the same token, my extended poly family really doesn't have any rights under federal or state law to even visit me in the hospital. Generally, yes. I'm glad you brought that up. I just wanted to go really quick right back to the uh, mention of security from a second ago and just say that I know a lot of people are want to be safe. You know, you I know that you are safe. You have your, your very secure passwords and people might want to think about putting these things in a safety deposit box. Don't do that. Banks are really tight-lipped about that. But as to what you were talking about a moment ago, the rights that people have Generally, it's under state law that they're going to come up. I've been working a lot on trying to figure out ways to get more federal rights, so social security insurance or taxes, and a lot of times that's just a no-go. With regard to your other partners, and I say congratulations tongue-in-cheek because I also know that that means at the very least you have three more anniversaries to remember, and most people can't remember one. Yeah, I got my butt chewed for that the other day too. Well, maybe uh, maybe you could put that in an app, too. Yeah, there's uh, an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> These documents that I've been describing, the wills, the powers of attorney, the advanced directives, you know, say you want to have something go to your – to one of your partners. It's not going to happen generally under state intestacy law, which is what happens when you don't have a will. But if you have a will, then you can say – no, I want it to go to this person. You know, the same thing happens with medical decisions. Uh, a lot of times, for example, a spouse is granted the right to see a person when they're in the hospital. But you can also say, well, I want this person to be my medical power of attorney or my healthcare agent, whichever the term is, when appropriate. And by doing that, then the hospital would have to be able to or might have to let them in because they are the person who is making these decisions. Those are two ways to do it. Now, with regard to the will, if you remember a moment ago, I was talking about the very unfortunate case in Massachusetts where the testator, the dead guy, his family objected to that. If you want to have a will that leaves something to a partner you really want to be careful about drafting it. I mean, I never, ever advocate 
using self-help stuff. I know a lot of people are smart enough to do it. There are just so many pitfalls. And when you're drafting the will, you might also want to include things about how serious the relationship is. You would want to have witnesses that can say that there was no one to influence. But you're exactly right. These things are not only used to protect digital assets or life pictures or St. Andrew's crosses. These are really important, and those things are crucial for poly families. I have the website feature. I used to call it a tool, but then people started giggling when I say, hey, can you please check out my tool? The power of attorney, the advanced health directive, a will, these come up for every situation, regardless of whether you are a straight single person with no kids and no property, or you are in a queer 10-person polycule with a dozen kids and properties all over the country. And I know that Sarah Abraham spoke about this, and it's not being derivative. It's just that these things are crucial for everybody to have. They need to be updated, but they are important. I know you've seen about religious freedom laws. I know there was a big case about that cake in Colorado recently. People are using religious freedom laws with quotes around them to discriminate. Now, you can say, I object to gay marriage, and fine, whatever. But if somebody's a power of attorney, if somebody is has an advanced directive... You object to those? I don't think you can object to those based on a religious objection. Or at least I haven't seen that in uh, Romans. But again, these things are very important. And when you want to have privacy and security in your family, no matter what kind of family, you need to figure out everything you can do. Because it's not just about you. It's about your partners and your spouses and your children so please be prepared and be cautious. We do believe that we're invincible and we don't need a piece of paper to straighten it out after we uh, leave this earth. But just think of the mess that you're going to leave behind you when you do check out. Well put. On that note, I want to wind this up. Ben, thank you so much for really deep diving into this critical subject. And we all have to think about it. If nothing else comes out of this episode, some thought. Well, it was my pleasure. And like I said before, please, if you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to go to my website, polyamory.law. The feature will be up and you can use all of these tricks to make sure that you're more secure. That link will be on the show page. And everybody, if you need to find it, go to the kinkycast.com site and click on the show page for this episode, and you will uh, have all the links and everything that we have there. Again, this is very important stuff, so let's pay attention. Thank you, Ben. Do appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. To hear more from Ben Schenker, tune over to another podcast, polyweekly.com, the show It's Not All About Sex. They have a show on Ask a Poly Lawyer with Ben Schenker. He covers other subjects than were covered here on this cast today. Always good information. Check it out. You have been listening to episode 214 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. 
The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. See you next week, when we present, Master on K, on Who Can Consent.